You are listening to the Daily Talks podcast where my mom, Deli, empowers parents like you with parenting tips. My mom's mission is to help parents make their child raising experience easier and more enjoyable by sharing valuable lessons to save them unnecessary struggles. The Daily Talks podcast is for any person already parenting or planning on parenting a child. Each week you'll hear different experts talk with my mom about important aspects of parenting, self-care, and of course her specialized area of bullying awareness and prevention. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, go ahead and do so now wherever you may be listening. And don't forget to set up your alerts so that you don't miss any episodes. Let's get started. Welcome to the show, Reina. Thank you so much for making time to come and tell us about your story and about your cause. So let's get started by learning a little bit about you. Tell us who you are and what you do. Good morning, Dali. Um, I just wanted to say, first of all, thank you so much for having me and the AJ Project on your program um, and for giving us the opportunity to share more about our story, why we exist, and um, the services and the benefits that we offer to the community, to parents, and to caretakers. Um, My name is Raina Jackson. I am the executive director of the AJ Project Inc. We are a nonprofit um, based out of Southern California, but our our assignment extends beyond city lines, beyond community and county lines. It extends even beyond state lines. Um, We have been commissioned to combat a nationwide crisis a national crisis, which is illegal street racing and reckless driving um, amongst young people, young adults and teenagers. Yeah, thank you so much. You know, when uh, we were introduced, um, I I immediately thought of the group um, MAD, the Mothers Against Drunk Driving, um, because like I was saying earlier, I feel like it's died down you know, the cause itself, or maybe it's just me, but we don't hear too much of this going on. But we do know that there are a lot of youth still doing a lot of car racing and endangering not just their lives, but other people's lives. So I really appreciate it from a mom's standpoint, you know, that you are, uh, you have created this organization to educate parents and youth uh, so that we can prevent these very unnecessary tragedies. So tell us a little bit about the background story. You know, what motivated you to start this cause? Absolutely. Um, And I had, this wasn't uh, on my radar. I wasn't aware that young people were street racing um, and reckless driving to the levels that they are until it affected me, until it happened to me. In May, um, actually May 28th, 2021, my firstborn child, my son, Johnny Cabrera, passed away in a motor vehicle um, car accident in which speed was a factor. He was coming home from work um, and just driving fast, um, not really sure the specifics and the details of his accident, um, but he ultimately did pass away. Um, In addition to him uh, passing away from the accident, I also learned, you know, a couple of days later that he had been ejected from his vehicle because he wasn't wearing his seatbelt. And I would always tell him when every time he left 
and I would talk or I'd call him and he would be driving. I'd always say these things to him. Ajani, drive carefully and make sure that you wear your seatbelt. And he'd always say, yes, mom. Okay, I got it, you know. Um, and I believed him. I believed that he was, um, you know, at least wearing his seatbelt. Um, but that wasn't the case. And the weeks and the months after my son passed away, we began to see accident after accident after accident amongst young people. My son Ajami was 20 years old at the time that he passed away. And, you know, sometimes you see something and you can't unsee it. Mm -hmm. And so when we began to see accident after accident with young people um, in our area, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, I said, Father, something has to be done. Um, I didn't want another family, another mom, another dad, and another set of siblings to go through the unnecessary pain that we went through. So that is how the AJ Project was birthed. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your story. And that's really unfortunate um, that you lost your son to that, something that could have been preventable. And you know, you said something that so many parents find out, right? You think mm -hmm. that your kids are doing what you're telling them to do. Um, I can relate to that. You know, especially when it comes to the things that feel more important to you. Sometimes, you know, you tell them, hey, don't do that. And, and then come to find out they actually are. Um, I think it's something that we'll never understand, you know, why, especially when it's something very simple. But um, it's, uh, it's something that we need to discuss and also maybe teach our parents on how can we do more than just say, hey, are you doing it? Are you putting your seatbelt on? You know, are, what does safe driving mean? Um, so can you talk a little bit about how it is that you are educating parents and youth about, uh, you know, being safe on the road? Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> so, um, and I apologize, I'm, I'm recovering from a cold, but, um, the, the, as I mentioned before, this is a national crisis and it has been deemed a national crisis by the Secretary of Transportation, um, Pete Boutig. Um, there are some risk, there are some um, factors that contribute to um, an increase of motor vehicle fatalities amongst teenagers and young adults. They've identified the risky behaviors such as um, driving under the influence of drugs and or alcohol, speed, um, not wearing safety belts and being distracted as you're driving. I think that um, for parents, it's so important to not only have the conversation about um, wear your seatbelt, don't speed, but also to engage their, their children um, in that conversation as well. Um, and sometimes we have to use wisdom to be able to get our children to open up. Um, sometimes we have to um, share stories, you know, with our children to let them know that they're not invincible and that um, 
they are putting themselves at risk if they engage in these behaviors. Um, that's part of why we have the AJ Project so that parents can share our story with their children. My son was 20 years old. He was just like, you know, any other healthy adult, young adult American. Um, he just had a love for speed. Do you feel like movies like, um, what is that one with Vin Diesel? Um, Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious, yeah. Do you think that, yeah, do you think that Fast and the Furious type of movies, all of those movies that glamorize car racing and all of that are, are contributing to, you know, how you think of, you know, driving and of that responsibility? They think it's maybe a game or, because I mean, I, I watched the movie, um, actually I've never, I think I only watched the very first one, but all the other ones I've only watched little clips here and there. And every time I see a clip, I think, well, how unrealistic is that? Mm. And I think how are kids seeing this? You know, they, it seems like they're invincible. Like you can actually do all of that safely and, you know, not get harmed. Well, it's, it's, it's crazy. And um, they actually filmed one of the scenes of the Fast and Furious um, about, you know, as soon as I come out of my community, I'm on that street in which they filmed one of the scenes. Oh. Um, yeah, I think that those movies are, are, are enticing and seducing our children. Um, we're also looking at a, a, a generation of children that are addicted to social media and they want to have the likes, they want to have the content. Um, they, so, you know, watching these, these, these movies such as Fast and Furious would make them feel as though they are invincible. And then when they're watching social media, a lot of social media is not real. Mm -hmm. but our children and young adults think that it is. Um, so there's a blur, a blurring of reality um, and invincibility along those lines. Um, there are also a lot of um, YouTube and, and, you know, Instagram and social media places um, where they promote illegal street racing. They promote reckless driving and they want you to upload your videos. They want you to like their videos so that they can keep their content going, that they can keep their, their, their platform open, even at the expense of potentially your life. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you feel like maybe kids are driving too soon, too early with not enough driver's training? Um, you know, I think back to when I was, when I got my license, um, I got my license at 16 and, you know, I had the driver's education and I was responsible. Um, I don't, so I don't think that it's the, it's the fact that our children are getting their, their licensing too early. I think that the factors of social media, I think that um, the peer pressure, even the bullying um, that is prevalent right now. 
is contributing to it. I think also, well, I know according to the research that this increase in motor vehicle fatalities has been linked to COVID. Oh, really? Yes, they're saying that it is um, a symptom or of, of COVID, if you will. The reason being is that um, our children and our young adults, their mental and emotional uh, health was negatively affected. When the lockdowns occurred, we don't have as many drivers out on the road. I mean, we saw that. I would go out and I was like, whoa, the roads are clear. I love it. Um, our young adults and, 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 and teenagers, they didn't have the social interaction with each other at school anymore, at sports um, anymore. So there, and everybody was social distancing. Add to that the fact that um, they, there was a whole defund the police movement happening. So what do we have here? We have open roads. We have um, roads that are not patrolled because of the defund the police movement. And we have children that are acting out and that are suffering uh, mental, emotional, and social, um, socially, uh, negatively. Um, and so that was all put together in a pot and um, our children began to street race. They began mm -hmm. to drive recklessly and they were able to video each other doing these things. So, I, you know, I don't really know anything about street racing aside from that. I know in the Inland Empire in California, um, where I grew up, that was always, always a big thing I heard of. And people would always talk about, let's go to the racetrack or let's go down to on Haven Avenue or down on, you know, whatever freeway, especially going um, up to the Mojave Desert, because those roads are pretty desolate. <laughs> Usually all they, ha they have is uh, big semi trucks, you know, moving shipments back and forth. And even that is dangerous because, you know, um, those vehicles, it takes a lot for them to stop abruptly. And I know that a lot of accidents have happened there. And as a matter of fact, when I was stationed out Port Irwin, the road that takes you into the base is about 45 minutes long. And all I would see, I don't know if that stands today, but it's a bunch of crosses on both sides of yes. the road of so many people who have died because it's such a lonely road. They think, oh, no biggie. And it has a few curves and they underestimate what those few turns and curves can do on the road, right? Um, but are, how are these kids doing the racing? Is it with uh, like just any average car or is it that they're souping up their cars with some kind of, I know that they put all kinds of things in them to make them go faster. And are these like organized races or is, is it more like individual people that are, you know, um, having these accidents? Yes, so um, they are using regular cars. Um, sometimes they will soup up their car. They are um, joining car shows uh, or, or car groups. Um, so that's one thing that parents be and, and caretakers and educators be aware of. Um, if your child starts speaking to you about different meetups with different car groups, that is an indicator, that is a red flag. <clears throat> My son, um, Johnny, before he passed, he 
mentioned something about uh, he was having some issues with his car. And I said, well, how do you know? I have never heard of such a thing before, you know, um, and I'm older than you and I've been driving a lot longer than you or what, what is that? And he said, oh, someone in, someone in the car group that I'm a part of mentioned it to me. If I had known car group, wait a minute, and that was a flag, then I would have been able to have a more detailed conversation using wisdom to draw some things out of him, draw the truth out of him. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing that they are doing, again, the, the social media. So um, it could be friends and friends of friends um, that post something. They have something called takeovers where you would have a hundred, hundreds of, of young people um, basically pull up to an intersection and take it over. And um, they block the intersection with their cars and with their physical bodies <clears throat> while certain cars are able to go into the main stage, the main arena and do the donuts and, and the spin outs and the different tricks that they do. Um, the danger in that is obviously the car is spinning and twisting um, and people have been hit bystanders those who are videoing again to have the content for their social media have been struck and have flung, you know, however many feet high in the air and come back down again. Um, it, this is such a problem. This just happened in San Bernardino this week um, for the second time this week. The police aren't able to get access to the intersection because of the crowd that has blocked it off. Mm -hmm. um, so they, they, wherever they desire to do a takeover, that's where they do the takeovers. So are there certain hotspots there in California or any others that you know throughout the nation that parents should be aware of? Um, I think at this point, because it's a national crisis, um, and in doing my research, speaking with other parents, speaking with community leaders um, and activists, whatever street is open, that's what they're using. Wow, that's so good. I know. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, when I lived in Moreno Valley, uh, going down the, what was it, the 215 and then it split to, I can't remember now, but. Um, the 60? Yeah, the 60, thank you. And on the 60, which to me is like, the 60 is like your home lane. I don't know, <laughs> you know, but I was so surprised to see so many cars zooming in and through and almost hitting other vehicles. Yeah. Um, and I knew it was street racing. I knew it because the cars were dropped. They had, they were louder. They modified the mufflers. Um, you know, you can see the signs. The, the, yes. the was it? Uh, the, the wing, spoiler, the wing, yeah, yeah, the spoiler, yep, yeah, all of that. Um, so every time I saw that, I thought it was odd that it was on the 60, but now that you're saying it could be just on any road, Anywhere. that's really shocking because that's even more careless because the 60 or the 215 or you know, those common highways that are more heavily trafficked are um, not as open because of more traffic. And it, it's um, it's just crazy that that's happening because from what I knew growing up is it was always those empty roads, the ones where weren't, you know, they were not 
trafficked as much. So what other signs can we tell? Because you've mentioned car groups, um, upgrading things in the cars, um, mm -hmm. or what else? Um, so the, uh, if I can just go back to something that you said yes. about the highways, because my son, actually his accident um, and where he passed away was on the 215. Um, prior to him passing away, and even after, my husband and I have been driving in the car and we'll see a car that, you know, it, it's, a, it's a muscle car or it's a sports car, you know, um, a charger, um, maybe it's modified and they will see another car similar to it and young, young people, young adults and teenagers and they will drive up, we've seen this, they will drive up to the other driver and indicate, hey, do you want to race? This is on the 215. This is on the 15. Do you want to race? And the, then it's up to the other driver to say, yes, let's go. Or, but we have seen it. So, and this happened, um, this particular incident happened on a Friday afternoon at about two, three o'clock in the afternoon. You know, so there's people that are out um, and it is a danger. It's an absolute danger, not just to the ones who are driving, not just to the ones that are participating, but to the ones that are just, you know, I just need to go to the store and get some milk or I'm trying to take my kids to an after school program or I'm trying to drop my kids off to school. I mean, it is a, a community issue. It affects everybody. Um, and, and that's why we have to, um, we have to be very diligent and uh, we have to be committed. Yeah. Mentioning the other signs, um, just the souping up of the cars um, and the, the, the car groups. Do you know what the fines are for people who get caught racing? Um, in California, they just started to, well, in LA County, they just started to um, tow the cars and they will impound your car for 30 days. Um, there are fines. Uh, the last one I believe I saw was about $250. Um, so it's not enough to dissuade young people. Um, and the towing of the impounding of your car happens, I believe on your second or your third offense. Um, so it's Wait. not even the first offense, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. I wasn't expecting you to say that. I would think the first time because that's a pretty serious offense in my opinion. I mean, that's very risky behavior that can take not just your own life, but other people's lives. So, yeah, um, I would love to see I would love to see the legislation change to where um, and the laws change to where if these um, if 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 young adults under the age of 21, I know you think you're an adult at 21, but you're still a baby, you mm -hmm. know, um, if they were pulled over for excessive speeding um, and illegal street racing that the parents have to be contacted and the parents have to come to the scene. A lot of times the parents, you know, we just don't know what our children are doing when they leave the house mm -hmm. um, until, you know, 
we get a phone call and I would rather get a phone call from a police officer saying, hey, I pulled over your son he was, or your daughter because um, young adults, young females are doing this too. Um, so I pulled over your son, I pulled over your daughter and they were speeding, they are still alive, um, but we want you to come down here and have a conversation with us. And are there any, um, I guess, ramifications that the parents experience uh, from the families, you know, because I'm pretty sure a parent, like my husband, he's the type of person, if somebody hurts our baby, he's like, oh, you know, he gets a grudge with that person. He's like, I can't believe you and your child, you know, this is what happened. But um, parents don't have the control over their children, right? But are, are there any legal things that happen that we should be aware of when we don't, you know, uh, do something to take, make sure that our children are safe and they end up hurting others? Um, <clears throat> well, aside from, you know, the insurance, your, your motor vehicle insurance um, going up, um, legally, that would be the only thing, but I will tell you what would hurt even more. Um, and this is true. And this is this, uh, my God, there are, I've spoken to parents where their children have been passengers in the car that was driven by a friend and the friend is speeding. Um, the friend is racing and the friend gets into an accident, crashes the car. Um, and the, the, the child dies, but the one who was driving lives. That child, that surviving uh, child, the driver is now being charged with either manslaughter, is now being charged with murder. That surviving, that surviving young person now has to bear the burden of causing the, the, the passing of his or her friends and then having to look his or her friends, family members who they probably knew in the eye. That is a difficult burden to carry even at our age. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine having to bear that burden at 16, 17, 20, but they are. That story has, that I just shared with you has happened and it's happened many times. Um, from January to September of 2021, so just the first nine months of last year, there were 31,000 720 motor vehicle fatalities throughout the United States. The um, research is saying that motor vehicle crashes are the second leading cause of death for teenagers and young adults ages 13 through 20. Wow, those are huge numbers and you know, one other thing that I, I heard, and I don't know if if you happen to know, correct me if this isn't if, if it's wrong, but I've heard that the majority of accidents, car accidents, happen within a five mile radius of the person's home. And 
Um, so I don't know if that's still correct. I know I've read that years ago. Mm-hmm. So um, it could be anywhere too. So we really need to talk to our kids. The other thing too is because, you know, I have a 15 year old and I've been teaching her how to, to drive. She's looking forward to it. Every time she sees a, a muscle car, she's like, Ooh, I want that. And the first thing I think of is like, heck no, no. <laughs> but um, another thing that I've heard is that kids who get that brand new shiny car, uh, you know, do get really o- overly excited and have a higher chance of be, being in a, in a vehicle accident. Um, just because they're like super excited and they kind of get into it and crank up the music. And my daughter is all, I don't get it. I don't get it. What does music have to do with driving? Oh. I'm driving with my eyes, not my ears. And I'm like, actually, you have to use both. You know, you have to be aware of like the noises. I mean, if, if maybe there's somebody honking behind you or anything like that which is something that comes with experience of driving, right? Because certain things happen and then you're like, oh, I I need to check my mirrors more or I need to just like, you know, be on the the lookout for anything ahead of me or listen for for this and that. So what what advice do you give parents in regards to those who are like, you know, their kids are starting to ask for a vehicle? Is there anything there that we should know about yes um well you brought up thank you to your daughter because she brought up a really good um a really good point what my son loved he wanted to get a nissan 350z Mm -hmm. and um i i had never heard of it before but when i saw it um i was like oh okay this is a sports car Um, I think when our children, and that was a missed opportunity, I could have had a conversation with him then. Well, why do you want this? Why not this, you know? And that would have been an opportunity to pull out why he really wanted this 350Z. And so when when our children are coming to us and telling us that they are interested in a muscle car, um, don't panic, have the conversation and have it authentic. You want to know what is your child thinking? What is your child being exposed to? When we talk about, and I love your platform about bullying because it happens in so many unique ways, subtle ways as well. Um, what is, what is, what is our, 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 our children's peer groups into? Um, are they into muscle cars? Are they into sports cars and and coupes? Chances are that what our children's friends are into is what our children are into as well. Um, And so then we can begin to speak to um, their self-confidence. We can begin to speak to their, um, the value of their life that they don't have to fit in per se with the muscle cars and and the sports cars and the street racing. I, um, years ago, I bought a Nissan Rogue, right? And at the time that I purchased it, I saw my children driving this car. So I purchased it and I said, I know I'm only gonna drive this car for X amount of years. 
um, before my children get their license, by the time they get their license, the car will be paid off and I will be in something else. And so when Ajani got his license, um, he started driving the Rogue. And for me, it was like a vision and a dream fulfilled, right? We didn't know until after he passed away that some of his friends would, um, would tease him and say, oh, that's a mom car. That's a mom car. And I was like, wait a minute. How was that a mom car? You know, it's a crossover um, SUV. And he's not here to answer for himself, but was the, the influence of his peers telling him that this particular vehicle was a mom car, what drove him into getting a, a racing car. Um, so again, those are different conversations that we can have with our, with our children, with our young adults to not be influenced. Um, and, and if they are, because, I mean, we were young ones too. We know what that, what that um, acceptance amongst our peers feels like. Um, and that's what makes it even stronger because we know what that acceptance feels like. And so we know how to speak to our children so that they not be swayed beyond um, where they should be. Yeah, um, I feel like sometimes boys experience peer pressure at a much higher level. And maybe maybe I'm wrong, but maybe what the real difference is the types of pressures that they experience. Um, so yeah, it's definitely needed to you know have these conversations with kids. So let's pivot a little bit about how you're having these conversations. You know, are you going directly to parents or are you going through other organizations to deliver your message? So we are um, trying to, and we have been um, doing assemblies at high schools, um, at community events, community fairs, um, online, wherever, wherever we can. That's where we are. Wherever we can get in, that's where we are. That's great. So you're talking directly to the kids. Directly to the students. Directly to the students. Directly to the teachers. Um, and on this platform and on your programming, speaking directly to the parents. Um, it's a community issue. We've spoken to law enforcement they are, they truly are heroes. The things that they see, um, I mentioned my son was ejected from his car. Mm -hmm. And in fact, um, the occupant ejection rates are up as well, 30%. So of that 31,720 motor vehicle fatalities, just factor in approximately um, 30% were um, ejected from their vehicle. And it's the police officers, it's the first responders, the paramedics, the firefighters that um, come and, and they witness these things. So um, yes, we are talking, we, we have to get this message out before, before the people before the parents, before everybody, before the community. 
So at what age do you think that we should have this conversation with our children? Middle school. I think, I, I think even, even younger than that, I think that um, we can have conversations like these with our children when they're still in their car seat, in the back seat, um, two, three, four years old. Why? Because our children are watching everything that we do. And I will be honest, I had a heavy foot when I was pregnant, um, when my children were younger. I had a heavy foot probably up until May 27th, 2021. Um, and I know that some of my driving heavy foot, um, my children watched that. So when our kids are in the backseat, um, elementary school, uh, middle school, we can begin to show them how to safely drive, mm -hmm. checking our mirrors, being aware, um, not having the music cranked up. I know sometimes um, when my kids get in the car, they try to crank up the music and I tell them, no, 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 turn it down. Why? But I love this song. I love this song too, but I'm driving and I need to be able to hear what's going on. I need to not be so into the song that's playing that I'm not focused on the road ahead of me and I'm not focused on the drivers to the side of me, behind of me. Mm -hmm. um, I think the way how we communicate it, um, it, it, it is important. It's not just wear your seatbelt and don't race, but have that communication be reciprocal and also have them watch you. They will do as they see. Mm -hmm. you know so if they see um us you know getting angry with drivers or zooming in and out then they're gonna do that we have to remember that our children are always watching us um the reason why i say we need to have this conversation even from car seats in the back seat up is because um 16 through 19 year olds are four times more likely to crash than those 20 and older. Wow. So it's not enough to, yes, four times more likely. So it's not, it's not um, enough to have the conversation only when it's driver's ed, only when um, you're taking them to get their permit, only when you're taking them to get their license. But if we begin instilling these core principles in them from a young age, Wear your seatbelt always. Don't be distracted when you're driving. Don't drive under the influence of drugs and alcohol. And don't speed and drive recklessly. If we begin to drive that message home from a young age that will be embedded in their DNA, that will be embedded and their mindsets that so strongly, so deeply will they be rooted in this, that when the peer pressure does come, they will have the roots and the strength to withstand it. Oh, I agree. That makes complete sense. As a matter of fact, as you were talking about that, you reminded me of something that happened last month where um, I had to explain to my daughter what tailgating was and mm -hmm. why it happens. 
And she mentioned the family members like, oh, so-and-so does that all the time. And I thought, huh, interesting that you're noticing because we think that they're just riding in the car, listening to their music in their, you know, earphones or, um, you know, texting their friends, but they're actually paying attention. Yes. Um, not full attention, of course, but, but they're paying enough attention that it got brought up and then also teaching that because uh, I, I remember they asked me <laughs> they were kind of making fun of my driving because I keep like several link cars links yes. in between other cars because I've seen so many times where uh, people abruptly stop and of course the momentum and the speed doesn't allow the car to stop immediately so sometimes you end up hitting people end up hitting another person um, and they asked me that and they said why do you why so far away from the vehicles even when I do my stops at red lights I keep a pretty big gap open which yes. makes people behind me pretty upset because I guess they want me to just like inch up behind them right um but I had to explain you know I've seen too many accidents where right now if I get hit in the back then at least I'm not going to hit somebody in the front either you know and they're like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So little conversations like that. And you just realized me, I guess that was a teachable moment for them. Um, and uh, hopefully we do have, uh, now I'm going to be way more intentional because my 14-year-old just told me she wants to start learning how to drive. My 15-year-old, she's been, I started um, teaching her a few years ago. Um, but I know that their perception, their experience is not going to be just right just because the department of motor vehicles is going to hand them a light uh, permit or a driver's license um, just like what you said earlier just because they're 20 21 they're still babies yeah they're adults by according to the law but they're still babies they're i mean if the average age of the americans here um in the united states is 84 and you're in your 20s you got a long way to go a lot of life to live a lot of things to experience um so if uh, people want to get a hold of you, where is the best way to reach out to you? Um, so our website, um, www.theajproject.us. Um, and I love the, the us ending um, because it's about community. It's about us. Um, also, um, we're on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Um, my personal email um, address which is Reina, R-E-I-N-A, at theajproject.us um, are the best ways to, um, to reach out. I wanted to mention something um, because you, as you were sharing, it's important that we know that um, motor uh, seatbelt use is the lowest amongst teen drivers. And, oh, I know. I know, I know. Because to me, it feels like it's such a habit. Like I get out of the car. I mean, I get into the car and without thinking about it, I just clip my darn thing on so much that I try to get out of the car still strapped in. <laughs> I, do <that. laughs> I do that a lot. And my kids always make fun of me. But I'm like, I'd rather, you know, that happen. It's, it's that ingrained in me. Because yeah. I remember growing up, in the 80s when I arrived to the United States, that was a new thing for us. So we're like, oh, you have to clip up, you know, you have to buckle up. And then I think it was like either close to the 90s, the law passed where 
it was mandatory for not just a driver, but everybody to, I can't remember what it was, but I remember that was a struggle having to remember because it was not something I was taught since birth. But my children, and I think now, I mean, so many kids here in the United States from birth or from a very young age, because the law mandates it, I thought it was just not a big deal, not a big problem among young drivers to buckle up, but apparently it is. And that just baffles me. Blows me away. Um, We moved to California from Massachusetts. And um, at the time that we moved, they had created the the click it or ticket um, initiative. Um, But that was probably in, maybe 2012, 2011, it it was so recent that um, it hadn't become a habit for me. So again, what our children um, see us doing is what they're more likely to do. I never wore my seatbelt. You get in the car and you drive, you know? I I come from the generation where our parents would let us ride in the back of the pickup truck oh, yeah. on the highway. <laughs> you <Mine know>? too. <laughs> <laughs> I know you look back at that now and you're like, whoa, I really yeah, like them. <laughs> what were they thinking? What were we thinking? You know? Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm an 80s baby. I, I come from that generation where, you know, we were out and 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 drank water straight from the water hose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I never wore my seatbelt I never wore my seatbelt and it was almost a hassle for me when they kept they kept increasing the age in which um, you had to keep your babies in car seats I would say wait a minute they're four years old what are they doing in a car seat I was looking at the age Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't looking at their, the, the child's um, size, the child's um, ability to be protected in a car accident without the aid of additional safety equipment. Um, I was ignorant. I was. And so the minute that my, my boys could get out of a car seat without me facing a a fine or a penalty or ticket, I did that. When we moved to California and it's mandatory to have your seatbelt on, that's when I began to always wear my seatbelt. That, we didn't move to California until 2015. So my son had about six years of witnessing me always wearing my seatbelt, but he had 14, 15 years of witnessing me not wearing my seatbelt. So which one prevailed? Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, um, the today's cars have, if your seatbelt isn't clicked, beep, 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 and it will continue to, um, to sound until you put on your safety belt. And that's an awesome feature. In fact, that feature is what prompts young adults, teenagers to wear their seatbelt because that sound is so annoying after a while. But on the older model cars, like the car that Johnny was driving, 
like the rogue even that I visioned him in, it doesn't have that annoying beep, 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 what we call annoying, but is really uh, life-saving. It doesn't have the, the sound associated. It just has the blinking light. So my son would not wear the seatbelt because there was no sound that would, that would uh, irritate him into putting it. Okay, you know what? Let me just put on the seatbelt because I don't want to hear that anymore. So parents who um, your children are driving cars that don't have the audio alert, um, you can take your car to a mechanic. There's different things that you can do to get that. Um, yeah, the different technologies, they can rewire stuff um, so that that will. That's really good to know, especially for parents who are going to purchase the older car that doesn't have that. That's, I had no idea. I mean, mm -hmm. it makes sense. You can put anything in a car. Just like the other day, I was telling my daughter, because she was like, I'm so fascinated with windshield wipers. And I was like, did you know that cars originally didn't even have windshields? <laughs> So like, why did they add them oh because people were dying you know like bugs would fly into their eyes and then they'd get into a wreck so they were like oh let's add a windshield and then it rained so they're like oh let's add windshield wipers and you know airbags and all of that um so i'm glad that you mentioned that because we can definitely yeah. um take them to a place maybe not a dealer but other places people can do anything nowadays yes <laughs> i mean if they can modify and soup right. up their cars, mm -hmm. um, then parents, teachers, um, we can modify the cars too and yeah. soup it up with the alerts and the <laughs> chimes and the rings and the, right. you know, to get them um, to, get them to, um, to live. Yeah. There's also other things that um, some of the newer cars have the technology that alerts you, um, the smart technology that alerts you to how fast um, your child is driving. Really? Um, yes. Some of the newer models have that. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely getting that because. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's and then if you don't have that, every child has a cell phone. Yeah. You know, um, it seems like they can't live without it. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes that gets on our nerves as parents. We're like, oh, give me the phone. But this is a blessing because we can, there are apps that you can install on your child's phone that will tell you. Um, and, and in fact, I recommend that um, you, when your child becomes of driving age or when they're hanging out with other um, friends that have their license, have their permits, I would strongly recommend that you do install these apps on your children's phones. Why? Because um, even if you don't, have if, if, even if your child is not driving and they're in the car with a friend who is driving we still want to know is that friend being responsible we still want to know is that is my child in danger there have been so many accidents as i mentioned earlier that um the driver lives and it's their friends that pass away you know if we have the technology, the technology is out there. We just might not know it. I didn't know that it was there until I had to educate myself. Until I, um, until I, I, I started doing the research and seeing what all tools are available for parents um, 
and caretakers to combat the illegal street racing and the reckless driving. Wow, thank you so much for mentioning this, that resource. I'm definitely going to look into that because I know that I have an iPhone and I put that driver's alert, I don't know what they call it, but if somebody texts or calls me, it sends them a text that says, I'm currently driving or something like that, I'll call you later. Um, and that has been helpful for me um, because I too am tempted to pick up the phone while driving. So now I have to put it away somewhere where I can't reach it. Um, yes. And also that way people respect the fact that like, okay, she's driving. I'm not going to text her and tempt her to pick up the phone because right? mm -hmm. it takes just one second. I've seen it. And I've actually dodged some because I've made that mistake in the past. Um, and I know a lot of people uh, struggle with that too, because the phones have become almost like an extension of our bodies. It's crazy. Uh, it's something that really bothers me. I wish I could not have to, that I didn't have to rely on it for so many things like banking, and you know, not yes. just people, but yeah. Wow, uh, Reina, this has been such a good conversation. You've taught me so much from, you know, the rates of accidents among youth to, you know, the um, legal ramifications that they might face, especially if they survive and somebody in the car passes away. Uh, the apps, that is completely new. I'm definitely going to check out <laughs> some apps after this just to have them implemented and, and get used to using them uh, right now before they even start driving. And of course, um, you also told us how we can get a hold of you through your website at the ajproject.us, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And you're also on Facebook and Instagram. Yes. Awesome. And on YouTube as well. And YouTube, there we go. Well, thank you so much, Reina, for sharing about your story. And again, I'm sorry that you had to even dive into this whole world of educating people about car safety and, and you know trying to prevent kids from car racing um, yes because unfortunately you lost your son to that but I, I i'm pretty sure that he's really proud of you knowing that um you're doing this i know it's in his memory and you do it with so much heart and whatever that the dali talks show and podcast can do for you we're here for you and um, hopefully you'll be, be back and inform us on, on new updates. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for having us, Dali. Um, I appreciate it. The AJ Project appreciates it. Um, so I just wanna thank you for allowing us to come on as a guest today and to share. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. have a great day. Thank you, you too. I hope you really enjoyed this conversation. Remember what she said, right? Start talking to your kids about safety in the car uh, and responsible driving at an early age, just like anything else, really. I think you're going to hear that a lot in, on this podcast um, because that's how kids build good habits and that's how you form their values. So um, check out what Reina has to offer. Go to her website. And remember that um, if you have any questions, you can reach out to her as well. All right. Well, thank you so much once again for tuning in and you'll hear from me next week. Bye. Hey, did you like that episode? If you did, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you may be listening and write a review. If you want more tips or some behind the scenes videos, make sure to follow my mom at Dolly Talks on Instagram. You can turn on notifications for her posts and stories as well. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. See you next time.